The Hindu gods are the most complex system of deities in the world and often the most misunderstood. Now, there's thousands of Hindu gods in Hinduism. There's too many for me to talk about in a short YouTube video. But one relationship that we need to understand, which will give us a deeper understanding of Hinduism at its core, is the relationship between Brahman, the ultimate reality, the source of the universe, which is similar to Tao in Taoism, and Brahman's relationship to the Trimurti. Now, the Trimurti, we could say, is the holy trinity of Hinduism, which is made up of Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the sustainer or preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer. Now, first we have to understand Brahman. Now, Brahman is the ultimate reality of the universe, of everything. That's the source that we go back to. That's the source of everything that we experience here. It is that non-dual reality. It's that reality that we don't perceive on a subjective level when we're caught in the bind of Jiva, in the personal identity it's hard for us to perceive Brahman in all things. But Brahman pervades everything. It is that substratum that exists everywhere. It contains everything and you are contained within it. And within yourself, the Atman, that undifferentiated consciousness within you, is identical with that, with Brahman. Now that is the source of the universe, the Brahman. To understand the nature of Brahman, this is where we get into the Trimurti. Now, this is some of the most ancient knowledge that a lot of people don't speak about and a lot of people don't understand properly. But today, I'll explain this to you in a brief manner so we can understand this together. Now, first of all, a lot of people always ask the nature of Brahman. What's the nature of Brahman? Usually, to understand the nature of Brahman, when you come from a perspective of Vedanta, is you, know, you need to have the knowledge of Brahman. But here we're talking about the relationship and the actual reality of Brahman. Now, as I said, to understand the reality of Brahman, we need to understand the Trimurti. When we look at the Trimurti, as I said, we have Brahma, the creator. We have Vishnu, the sustainer or preserver. And we have Shiva, the destroyer. Now, what these gods are aren't actual like gods in heaven that are judging us and are guiding our life in some sort of way. They are to a certain degree, don't get me wrong. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about universal processes. This is the intricacy of Hinduism and the scientific aspect of Hinduism that a lot of people don't understand and overlook actually because they think of gods as like some sort of being looking over us. This is incorrect. What we're talking about here is the nature of Brahman. Now, the reality of Brahman as the universe is understood through this Trimurti. So what we have first is we have Brahma, the creative principle. Now, it's strange in, in India and, and all around the world that Brahma is not really worshipped a lot. There's only a handful of temples around the world, only a few in India, as opposed to Shiva and Vishnu, who have thousands of temples all over the world and are the main deities that are worshipped within Hinduism. This is why you have Shaivism and Vaishnavism. So Shaivism is the worship of Shiva and Vaishnavism is the worship of Vishnu. Now, these are two main branches of Hinduism that you would follow. But keep in mind here that you're worshipping Shiva 
as a representation of Brahman, of Brahman, and we're worshiping Vishnu as a representation of Brahman. So these deities are worshipped as the ultimate reality. So coming back to Brahma, we have this creative principle. Now we can speculate why Brahma is not overly worshipped within Hinduism. You know, a lot of people speculate because in the story, Brahma comes out of the navel of Vishnu. So he's kind of thought, you know, down the order as opposed to Vishnu being uh, related to the ultimate reality. Whatever that may be. But what we're talking about here is the processes of this, the processes that create this universe that we experience as Brahman. So we have Brahma, the creative principle. Now that creates the universe, that creates the universe. But we also see this on an individual level. So for example, you yourself, your being, your individuality, your physical existence is created. It comes from the, the seed of your father and is planted into the womb of your mother and then you are created. That's the, that's the creative process. Now we also see that on a higher level in our, in our own creative process. If you're, a, if you're an artist or someone like this, there's a whole creative process. So something is created, it is born and then it has its life and then it, and it decays. And this is sort of representation of all life, not only our physical existence where we are born and then we are sustained for a certain period of time and then we go through the process of the disintegration of our body back into the earth and that's kind of the destructive process, that's the, the Shiva process. So Brahma is the first process, so that's the creative process, the creative principle, the creative element of the universe which, which brought forth the new cycle of the yugas. You know, you got to remember in Hinduism that like in the Matrix, if you remember when the architect is talking to Neo, there's been many, many universes, many cycles. And this is kind of an idea that was stolen from Hinduism. And so what we have is Brahma brings forth the new cycles of the yugas. So that's what we have now. We're you know, currently in the Kali Yuga, if you believe the long count calendar. And so Brahma is that bringing forth the universe, that creative principle. And so when we think of Brahma, we don't think of actually the three-headed God that is depicted as Brahma. Brahma is the creative process of the universe, that energy that creates the universe. Now, that's why I keep saying, like I said before, that Hinduism is much more scientific than you think. It's much more intricate and much more to the core of how the universe actually is. And so we have Brahma there. Then after Brahma, the next process is Vishnu. Now Vishnu is, you know, as I said, the sustainer or preserver of life. So that's where the, the universe goes through its period where it's in balance. It's just cooling, you could say, like, like we're living now, like, you know, everyone on earth, we're living in a great atmosphere and, you know, sentient life can survive and we can reach higher states of consciousness because we're going through a stage of Vishnu. Now Vishnu here meaning the state of preservation or sustaining. So we're going through that period and that's essential for any part of life, not just the universal spectrum, but also our life on an individual level. We go through that process probably from who knows, probably from when we become an adult until we get to like 60 and then, or, you know, maybe a little bit early and then we start the process of Shiva. And so we have Vishnu there 
And then after the process of Vishnu, obviously we have Shiva. Now Shiva is the destructive process of the universe. This is where the universe, if we're looking at the universe as Brahman from its grand totality, this is where the universe begins to envelop. This is where it begins to go back into its source of Brahman before being born again as a new universe. This is the destructive process. This is why actually Shiva is often represented by fire. If you go to Tiruvannamalai and you go to the holy mountain of Arunachala, once a year in a holy festival called Katagai Deepam, they light a big fire on top of Arunachala and it's quite a spectacle because you right at the tip of the mountain you see this fire and it's like it's amazing it's beautiful to see Shiva is represented by fire because that's the destructive element that it brings the process of the universe back into Brahman so when we look at that from a personal perspective our life from a physical level is going back to the earth it's going through that destructive process but if we look at this from a highest state of consciousness what shiva means the process of shiva means that you're throwing your ego into the fire and you are burning up all of the vasanas all of the karma all of the samskaras to become the atman to become one with brahman or to realize your re-identification with who you truly are as brahman and so that's that process of shiva so you have that process those those three gods. So each of them are worshipped in their proper state for their energy and their process. And that's why people identify with certain elements of that. That's why actually, if you look at the Shaiva tradition, Shaivism became a strict path of non-dualism. And that's why we get like the yogis and the sadhus who have extreme forms of practice, of spiritual practice, to try and get rid of the ego, get rid of the ego. That's why when we look at the Dattatreya tradition, the path of the Abhidut is the complete dissolution of the ego, the complete dissolution of the ego to come back to the self, come back to the Atman. It's a very strict path and probably one that I wouldn't recommend for anyone who's, who's living in society, but if you were to be a sadhu or a yogi, for sure, go and do that. So we have that process. Now that process that process of Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, this is the nature or the reality of Brahman. This is the reality of Brahman. We could say that in itself is kind of like the mind of Brahman, even though you know Brahman has no qualities. But when we are relating the universe to Brahman and its uh, nature in this universe, that's actually the process where you have Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. Now, as I said earlier, mainly people worship either Vishnu or Shiva. Now, you'll worship either one of these to develop that relationship with Brahman, to try and come back to that source, to try and release your jiva, trying to thin out its vasanas and its karma, so you can come back into resonance with Brahman. And as I said, usually people identify with either Brahman or Shiva, you know, due to maybe circumstance or just maybe temperament that they may identify with one or the other and they will be worshipped differently they will be worshipped differently and so you have that process you have that process and it's very important to understand because a lot of people misunderstand 
what Brahman is, and they misunderstand what the Holy Trinity is, what the Trimurti is. And so, as I said, the Trimurti is that process of universal unfolding that Brahman brings back out in this world. In its totality, Brahman brings that out, brings out the process of this Trimurti, and then it goes back into its source. This happens in our own life too. Your life is brought forth, and then it is taken back into that source. The difference is, on an individual level, is we have the opportunity to come back into resonance with Atman and to burn out all of those Vasanas, Karma, and Samskaras so that that next process does not happen. You've been absorbed in the Brahman. You've been absorbed in the Atman, which is Brahman. So that process will cease because your jiva no longer exists. It's not that you, as a jiva, will go through that process. Your jiva does not exist anymore. So you will go and just be absorbed in that Brahman, which is what a jivan mukta is. A jivan mukta who achieves that in this life means liberation in this life. They were, like I said, in the Dutta trade tradition, they didn't waste any time and they practiced extreme spiritual practices to get to that stage. That process from a total perspective is something that will never end, according to Hinduism. So Brahman will continue to bring the world forth, as they say in Hinduism, the breath of Brahma. So Brahma, the creator, bringing forth the universe, and then Shiva destroys the universe. And in some sense, you know, people take Shiva to be a creator as well, because in that process of destroying, Shiva is creating another cycle of the universe. So from that perspective, from the totality, from this process of the yugas, you'll have that once all of these yugas are complete, then the next process will begin. We'll go through that process again of Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. It's like a massive cosmic clock. <laughs> but it's the clock of Brahman. It's the clock of Brahman. That's what we need to understand. And that's what I wanted to speak to you guys about today. It's such a big topic that I could speak about a lot more. And I think that I've covered a lot of it in general. And so that gives you a better perspective of understanding that relationship between Brahman, that ultimate reality, Brahman, and the Trimurti, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, which is often misunderstood. So what you need to remember is that process is playing out in your life too. That creative, sustaining, and destructive process is playing out in your life. You are a living embodiment of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. But your original nature is Brahman. And our role here is to realize that dwelling within our hearts. Shanti, shanti, shanti.